Okay, all right, wait. Don't unleash your darkness just yet. I, I know that you have oceans of darkness balled up, and, and you can let them loose as soon as we get into the meat of this thing. <clears throat> <clears throat> Welcome to the Fuck Eric Camden cast. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. That's not the title of this podcast. I'm Jordan, and I I'm... hate Eric Camden. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. This is getting, this has gone horribly awry. <laughs> I'm taking this, this is... podcast over. No, wait, wait. I, this is my fun thing. You get to be smart, and I get to do the introductions. Oh. Hello. Welcome to Cullen. Wait. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck! <laughs> Welcome to the to to the Cullen and Jordan Watch Seventh Heaven the podcast. It's so great to have you. Uh, what is a podcast <laughs> today for me individually as a person? A podcast means an outlet for me to channel my intense, intense hatred of the character <laughs> Eric Camden. A character oh. who I have locked myself into a codependent relationship with because <laughs> in order to spend time with my best friend Cullen, I have to first spend time with the man I hate most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this isn't even going to be a Seventh Heaven podcast. This is just going to be a fuck Eric Camden, the character from Seventh Heaven. I hate this man. This man thinks that cheese fixes everything. Oh, cheese doesn't fix everything. It doesn't. Oh, it, it tastes good on practically everything, but that's not the same thing. I don't get it. Oh, you okay, left Ruthie just... in the car. <laughs> Ruthie's dead now because of you, Eric Camden. <laughs> You didn't even roll a window down. Okay, so remember how in the 80s sitcoms, 80s era sitcoms, the leading man was like the Seinfeld? He always knew what to say, and he was like this hip, kind of attractive, good-looking guy that always knew what to say? Yeah. And that was the guy that we identified with? Mm -hmm. And then in like the 2000s or now, the leading character is usually like apathetic, or lazy, or self-destructive, yeah. in, like, a very relatable way. Seventh Heaven finds itself right in the middle of that timeline. So it's like, they were trying to make him hip and cool, but it just comes off as, like, so awful. Like, just the worst kind of parent. Yeah, it's like dad lame. But imagine a, <laughs> imagine a lame dad I want to get a also shirt that like says dad lame. Dad lame. <laughs> who's also like they're trying to combine dad lame with self-aware and kind of like snarky. Yeah. And it comes across as sarcastic, as unlikable, like I just feel like we needed to get that off our chest. Yeah, just 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 the initial Yeah, I needed to blow off some steam. The theme uh, of this episode, Colin, yeah, for me and it seems like for you as well is yeah. that this episode really cemented all the things that we've kind of been speculating about around Eric Camden as a character. This was yeah. like this was an Eric Camden episode. And the Eric Camden episode solidified his character as just the worst. 
Just the, just the worst. Just as we suspected. At first, I thought it was going crazy. I thought we were both going crazy because you and I, like, were assuming he was the worst. But we were like, eh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. This just completely confirmed our suspicions. He sucks. I enjoy doing this project with you, Colin. Me too. I, I really enjoy this. But the idea of being metaphorically trapped in an elevator with Eric Camden for 11 seasons? 11 seasons. It just makes my balls just shrivel. <laughs> it changes my core temperature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it turns down the thermostat that is of, of my soul. It, it, it shakes me. Also, every episode is 45 minutes! I spend roughly the same amount of time per week with my therapist as I do with Eric Camden. <laughs> we fade in on the Camden household and they're eating a meal like they usually are at the beginning of an episode. And mm-hmm. there's just some very conspicuously placed corn pops in the shot. Yeah. Very clear product placement. Simon reaches into the corn pops and gets some moon rocks. Which, moon rocks! Which he's really excited about. He really likes these moon rocks. That's cool. He, um, his parents surprise him with a bunk bed. That's yeah. that's cool, I guess. But, but it turns out Simon's new roommate in the bunk bed, tempering his excitement, is Ruthie. Ruthie! He's Damn super dang. bummed out because it's, you know, it's not cool to room with your little sister um except i kind of didn't understand that choice because ruthie the past two episodes has kind of been like the closest character to simon like before simon had a dog she would like pretend to be his dog she's been basically simon's henchman you know yeah they're like i thought they were cool her igor yeah it was adorable uh but for some reason, I don't know. I think it's that uh, she's infringing on his territory a little bit. Yeah. she's Even though she's by far the most tolerant uh, character in this show of Simon's bullshit, she's <laughs> just not measuring up to his standards. His his lofty, lofty standards. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, cooties, man. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, little sisters aren't cool, I guess. Yeah, little sisters are, I don't know... I don't want that energy inhabiting my my place of 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 future masturbation. Yeah, that <laughs> True, true. Simon's getting up there, you know, he's next on the list. <laughs> Just take your beating, Simon. Do it. There's yeah. nothing you can do. He's, uh. you know, next next episode Simon's going to be standing on his head waiting for his period. <laughs> he's becoming a woman. <laughs> Uh, so, but that opening sequence, I trust, you know, our listeners to infer from the tirade that just began this podcast that that opening sequence isn't actually going to really have anything to do with anything in this episode. No. The credits roll and we move on to Lucy, uh, who is, um, trying to have a date with Jimmy Moon, the moon boy. With, with moon boy. With the, with the moon man. And uh, cue the first concrete example of Eric Camden's radical vendetta against his children. Yes. Eric (laughs) is so intent 
on going past the boundary of, ooh, I'm a dad who wants to care for his daughters and, you know, be protective. I want to make sure that they're safe. I want to make sure that, yeah, yeah, exactly. He is actually intent on ruining this experience for his daughter. Yes. To the extent that Annie Camden has to promise to be there just to run interference with Eric. Yeah, to cut him off. To cut him off if he ever plans on interrupting, you know, Annie's special night. We are informed by Mary that when Mary tried to have a guy over to for a, a romantic rendezvous. Guess what dad did? He brought out his acoustic <laughs> guitar and started singing country music. And I, I guess he just really wants to do that. He, he needs to he needs to get his dad all over the place. Get his awfulness all over the place. You look at Annie and she just gets progressively more and more lovely as the show develops and you're like why is she like that? And then you find out through Eric's awfulness that it's a necessity. Annie <laughs> is so flexible. Annie has to be the counterweight. <laughs> she needs to be the counterweight. She needs to be the immovable object to Eric's unstoppable force. Yeah, she's the bad man to Eric's Joker. <laughs> yes. <sighs> it's ridiculous. Eric is so intent on uh inflicting himself on his children he follows up the interference with lucy's personal life with uh just prying into what mary is doing yeah mary is still with jeff jeff continues to not really be a character um just with any value other than dating mary yep that's that's his goal that's his that's his objective he's mary's date guy and Mary and Jeff are going to go to a party and she's he's like, oh, who are these people you're going to a party with? Like, tell me yes. about them. And Mary's like, it's not like the guy throwing it handed out his biography or anything. That would be autobiography. And if he had, you might have had a shot at going. Autobi- autobiography. <laughs> it's actually autobiography. autobiography. Oh, fuck you, Eric Camden. Fuck you're you. a, you're For- the dad. Oh, my God. If anything, it just shows how weak and, and inconsequential and ineffectual you're being if you have to needlessly split hairs like that. Dad? Sorry, kiddo. One after the other. Boom, 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 boom. Destroys every child's day. Like, every one of his children's day. Like, he just... Like the the shooting range at a a, a state fair. He's just ping, 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 ping. Like... There's a moment at the very end of the conversation where Annie suggests that Eric do something with his night. And he's like, "But, but who will keep an eye on Lucy and Jimmy tonight? And she just looks at her husband with this smile, and you can tell she's just screaming on the inside. Yeah, but then poor Lucy would be left all alone with Jimmy. (laughs) Give our daughter one night! Just... Oh, Eric. She gives him a little, like, a little passive-aggressive punch. Like, oh, you asshole. (laughs) And then goes about her day. No, no, she takes off to Arizona. Annie's parents, um, you know, grandma and grandpa, who Mm -hmm. are dealing with grandma's leukemia, 
cancel on their uh, trip. They're going to come visit the Camdens, and Annie's super worried. She feels the need to fly to Arizona to spend some time with them to see what's up. She's worried maybe Grandma's going downhill. Um, the setup of his terribleness is, uh, you know, brought to fruition by his becoming the mom and dad of this family. In response to Annie's leaving, Annie would normally be in charge of driving this Meals on Wheels van to deliver food to needy people for the church. Mm-hmm. Annie can't do that anymore, so Matt, who is still grounded, still grounded. from his escapades in episode two, volunteers to drive the Meals on Wheels van. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt kind of casually throws out that, hey, maybe this could possibly result in my grounding not lasting as long as it was initially going to last and eric responds to matt by telling him in the most shit-eating tone of voice possible yeah let's not wallow in all this sentiment let me just say no i hate you matt but thank you for doing my wife's work so that i can stay here and oversee my Daughter's budding sexuality. Mm-hmm. The, um, this, uh, this Annie vacation to visit the grandparents also means that Eric is going to be home. Uh, so he is definitely, even though he gives his word not to interfere, he is definitely 100% going to be interfering. He's going to be interfering. In Lucy's moon boy date. Lucy's so desperate not to have her dad around. Yes. Uh, she gives Mary an ultimatum that she will rat on Mary for seeing striptease, an R-rated movie, with Jeff. With Jeff. If she doesn't reschedule her date to see the movie for tomorrow night instead of tonight. Um, because Lucy wants Mary around. Mm-hmm. Just to distract their dad. All of this would just be alleviated if he was, like, not the worst. Yeah, Mary breaks the news to Jeff, and Jeff's mad. We see Mary, like, talking with Jeff outside the school, and she's doing, like, P.E. stuff, you know, like, running. Yeah. Didn't, in episode one, didn't they set up Mary as being on the basketball team? Yeah, holy shit. Remember that? Yeah. Remember how she's, like, sporty? What? Where did that go? Oh my god. When you write a pilot, like, there's like a million things that they all of a sudden drop. I'm sure that if we were to go back and watch the first episode, we would notice, like, ten continuity issues. After Mary gets done with her her little Jeff fight, she gets into the car with Matt, only to realize that Matt is making out with some blonde girl who is not Renee... I miss I miss Renee. I liked Renee. I wish Renee would come back. Renee was nice. I think that Renee was just a plot device. If if Renee is a one episode character, I'm gonna throw this show out the window. If we don't see Renee again, I'm walking away from the show. I still hear Renee's angelic singing voice in my dreams at night. God, what an amazing... Although, to be fair, I, it could just be the circumstances that my life has taken, but 
I was sort of crying at the end of this episode. Oh yeah, well the end. Let's let's get there when we get there. Okay, 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 okay. We'll we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But basically, Matt was getting jiggy with some blonde chick in a car as uh, yeah. Mary, you know, knocks at the door uh, of his car, and then mm-hmm. of 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 his father's car, and you know, obviously, there's a little bit of judgment there. Yeah, and uh, Matt is clearly plotting something because he offers to pick this bad influence girl up after work in a few days and oh no he's grounded so uh we can tell that there's something afoot he's on thin 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 ice he's pushing the limits a little bit and the whole time you're like why why are you pushing the limits do you have any idea who you're messing with you're messing with a, a demon who walks among mortal men a, a really fucked up person, like just a bad guy. You you don't want to mess with that. That 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 guy has way too much control over your life mm-hmm. for you to toy with him. Anyway, uh, Simon is frustrated. So fucking frustrated with Ruthie because he finally got this thing. You know, Simon is about to come up. Like, he has his dog. He just got brand new bunk beds. But All of his childhood dreams are coming true thanks to his own genius and manipulation. (laughs) I mean, honestly, he pulled it off. Like, and and to his credit, he pulled it off pretty well. Uh, Simon, okay. Here's my theory on Simon and Simon's future, and I'm I'm thinking of it in terms of like Greek mythology, <laughs> where like, you know, a a god will have a mortal son with a mortal woman, you know, uh, like a Hercules or something. Greek think- was Hercules Greek or Roman? Yeah, he was Greek. Um, Simon. Here's my theory on Simon. Simon possesses. The same deceptive and manipulative power that Eric Camden does. But in Simon, there is the potential for him to use that power for good and not evil. I think that Simon will destroy Eric someday. Oh, get the fuck out of my face. (laughs) That's so amazing. Oh. I hope that happens. I really, really, I'm banking on that to happen, too. I feel like Simon, you know, is our salvation at this point. Eric is, like, lawful evil, and Simon's just kind of, like, chaotic neutral, I think. Yeah, chaotic neutral. That's perfect. He's not on either side. Uh, He's all about just uh, self-improvement. He's all about just kind of, I'm looking out for number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But basically, okay, so with any... With with Mama Camden. She's in Arizona waiting for her parents to get back. She's she's sitting on her parents' couch in Arizona waiting for them to get back. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they're in a surprising state of ease. Yeah, they're having an end-of-life jamboree. Yeah, they're really running the gamut. They're spending money, they're eating unhealthily, they're just... Water parks, hot air balloons, <laughs> shopping sprees. They are going... Heroin, rubber duckies. Aren't you supposed to be uh, watching your cholesterol? 
Not anymore, I'm not. Grandma is just, she's <laughs> just going out in a ball of fire. Yeah, exactly. You're thinking, like, what's happening? Like, she started drinking wine again. Yeah, she just doesn't give a fuck. And neither does the, neither does the grandpa, for that matter. They both seem kind of happy. They've both kind of given up trying to maintain or prolong her life. Like, mm mm-hmm. They're just sort of having fun, and Annie is, like, sort of taken aback, like, but she knows her parents, you know, they're her parents, she trusts them, like, okay, if you guys are calm, then I'll be calm, because if you guys are calm, that obviously means that everything's fine, right? Yeah, there's, on the one hand, I think I appreciate the way that they're playing this, like, you know, they're, you know, they're playing it as if the grandma is enjoying life, and they're really kind of trying to see the positive in it yeah on the other hand there's this kind of too happy feeling to it right this weirdly happy feeling grandma and grandpa kind of occasionally look at each other with this knowing smile like boy are we happy right now (laughs) boy oh boy are we sure in agreement about the fact that you and i are two happy individuals and that is a fact. They're kind of morbidly joyful. Ugh. And Annie in her infinite wisdom can totally pick up on that. You know, she questions it, but she moves on. Yeah. They go back home. Annie feels weird, though. Annie does feel weird. Mom, don't you need to rest first? I'll be resting soon enough. Okay. Her life is really fucking her up the ass right now. Although, things aren't looking too good for any of the other family members either. <laughs> Except for Eric. Eric's having so much fun. (laughs) The night has come. Eric is dispatched. He uh, is going to try his best to keep out of his daughter's business. But before he leaves, he meets Jimmy at the door and doesn't pass up the opportunity to be openly hostile to both his daughter and Jimmy Moon. Who, keep in mind, is like a 10-year-old boy. Yeah, this tiny little boy with a tiny little high voice comes to his door, obviously terrified. And, like, within two sentences, Eric is talking about, like, who drew the first blood. Yeah! Oh, my gosh! Okay, so, like, he very passive-aggressively, you know, he tests the waters. He He's, you know, Eric to serve, okay? So, mm-hmm. Eric is like, hey, uh, so you guys are planning on watching a movie? And uh, Jimmy Moon is like, yeah, we're going to watch this uh, French film, actually. And then Eric is like, oh, I guess we got a scholar up in here. Yeah. And if I was Jimmy, I would start crying. (laughs) Why do you hate me, sir? Eric. Okay, this is this is the part of the episode that drives me nuts. Eric is like, maybe I could watch it with you guys. And then Jimmy Moon in a kind of creepy. I'm not gonna look into it. He gives Eric a tape and he's like, I burnt you a copy of this tape so you can watch it on your own. (laughs) That's a weird move. To be fair. Weird move. So like any guy that burns, that takes the time to burn an extra tape for the parent is obviously like really trying to get some, right? Yeah, that's true. Jimmy Moon... You know, there's more depth to this character than maybe we think. I'll I'll give you he, that. He's he's a little fuckboy. <laughs> fuckboy Jimmy Moon. Jimmy Moon the fuckboy. <laughs> fuckboy Jimmy Moon. Although we cannot forget about the greater evil here. As yeah. soon as 
uh, Eric is handed the tape, he's like, all right, okay, well, we're still in the first round. We'll see. We'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, Eric retires to his room, and then Mary walks into Eric's bedroom um, because she's still bitter at Lucy. Lucy admittedly is blackmailing her out of desperation, but she is mad at Lucy for ruining her Jeff date. Mary grabs Eric's acoustic guitar, walks into the room, and and says, let's go to work. Let's do this. She doesn't force his hand, but she doesn't really need to. Eric takes to it like a like a like a fish to water. He grabs the guitar and just hits, one little push. Just one little push. That's all it took to just set off the domino effect that is this man's ego. So he heads downstairs and starts What is he what is he start? Froggy went a courtin'. <laughs> it's so obvious. It's so obvious uh, that he learned to play guitar for this role. Because, like, mm-hmm. as he's figuring out what to play, he's just strumming the D chord as if he doesn't know what key it's in. It's just a fucking mess. It was at this moment that the entire stretch of this series started to loom in front of me. My notes are as follows. Eric on guitar is awful. It's awful. Froggy went to Corton. This is a horrible part. I hate this episode right now. The date is ruined. We'll laugh. We'll talk. One of us might cry. Uh, <laughs> I just wrote guitar cringy. It's so cringy. It's just the cringiest. It's the war. Oh my god. Oh. Eric is playing acoustic guitar for these 10-year-old children who are trying to spend time with each other. Yeah. (sighs) Share a a really vulnerable, I don't know, romantic moment. I I don't know, man. Is that so wrong? (sighs) (laughs) I fucking hate it. I know. It doesn't seem that wrong, does it? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, 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 but Matt. Matt was allowed to take the car... Only when Eric said so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Matt is kind of fucked. Matt kind of got in over his head. This girl he was hanging out with is bad news. Yeah. Talks about how much she likes Matt because he's so adult and rebellious and, you know, brings out the bad boy. Yeah. The bad boy portion of Matt that we thought was kind of not, not going to be addressed as much after the Renee episode, but... Bad boy Matt is back in full swing. Oh, yeah. Matt um, doesn't drink himself, but he goes to pick up this girl. He's hanging out with this girl. This girl opens a can of beer in the car. And then Matt backs the Meals on Wheels van into a police car. And then smells like booze. Cue the the bummer uh, bass guitar in the background. It's like, and it's just like so awful. Mm-hmm. You're just like in any other situation, this is super shitty. But like in his position in life, with his position in life, it's just especially bad. He's the Reverend yeah. Son. They live in a relatively small town. I'm assuming the cop knows that he's the Reverend Son. It's mm-hmm. all culminating in a terrible, terrible way. It's the perfect storm. Eric goes to 
to pick up Matt from the police, but first he drives Jimmy home and offers to talk to Jimmy in the car, and he's like, oh yeah, we'll... We'll we'll be in the car together, we'll laugh, we'll talk, one of us might cry. I can only imagine what Eric did to Jimmy in that car ride. Oh my god, and to make things worse, after delivering that haunting line, he just very with with a with a, with an aggressive authority sort of puts his hand on this boy's back and walks him to the door. Put yourself in Jimmy's shoes, like this grown man is threatening you, and you're like 10 years old. You just came over to watch a French film with this girl, and he was kind of cute. I'm Ugh. sorry, sir. I, I really like Lucy. I thought she was a nice person. I was scared Ugh. to tell her I liked her at first, but but now I really like her. We just wanted to watch French movies together. <laughs> Fuck you, Jimmy. That was the sound of him shooting him with a shotgun, I guess. You stay away from my daughter, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Captain. Yeah, no, like, honestly, like, no, no bullshit. Like, that is not cool. Yeah. It's really not okay for him to just be, like, threatening and scaring and motivating every kid's decision through fear. And, like, it's terrible. It's absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. You're thinking, like, how could things get any worse and then Annie comes back with the grandparents. Yeah. Annie comes back with the grandparents, and um, this is after Eric picks up Matt, and Eric reacts to the police situation, as oh, you would expect yeah. Eric to do. He blows up at Matt and yells at him and stuff. Yeah. Matt's obviously in trouble, and so the grandparents are back, and they kind of intuit what's going on, like... Clearly, the family has fallen apart at the seams while Annie was gone. Yeah, exactly. Grandma is just in a... She is like an angel of guidance. She She goes one by one through every family member and fixes their problems. Just like a magical little vessel of, like, wisdom. Just espouting perfect advice. This grandma fucking gets it. Like, the opposite of Eric Camden reignites the souls of every ma- member of the family. Mm-hmm. She uh, tells Eric to forgive Matt because life is so short, and Eric kind of has nothing to say to that. We get the sense that maybe this sham of a man <laughs> is starting to be exposed. Sham. The cracks the cracks are beginning to show. <laughs> Oh, this is actually man. cool in the the kind of the later act of the third episode of Jeff's being in the mix. He throws rocks at Mary's window and Mary comes out to talk to him and Jeff apologizes for for being so hurt about uh about her canceling on him. Yeah. And for me that kind of I really like that moment actually. It kind of felt like the first time he was a character. Yeah, he was understanding. I don't know. It was a good moment. It was a it was a solid moment of acting. Also, like if we can just like anything that would build the character of Mary, I'm, I'm all for because mm-hmm. it's obvious that she's a capable actress. I, I I want her to have more substance. I want to see her as a tomboy. I want to see her date guys. I want to see her play basketball. Yeah, there's so many things you could do with Mary that you set up. 
But all she's done is talk about Jeff, who's not a person. Who's barely a human. But they have a nice little conversation, and they reconcile, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's, it's nice. Grandma's making the kind of arguments that seem to imply that she's actually, even though she barely sees the Camdens, has, during her time with the Camdens, been paying far more attention to the way the actual family works than then, then even the parents of the Camdens have. <laughs> like, she seems to just even be that. paying this this modicum of attention to the family. Oh, my God. And, um... The parents are just in a rut, you know. Yeah, clearly, the have nowhere to turn. If the grandma was parenting this family, things would be going a lot, a lot differently. Um, but you know, as the family's winding down, uh, grandma drops off some ice cream to Simon, whose plot mm-hmm. line is now resolved. Happy gets the upper bunk with Simon, and Ruthie gets the bottom bunk with all her dolls. Compromise, yeah. and this was kind of you know. The the tiny distraction of a B plot line exactly is resolved without anything really happening with it. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to begin with there, but mm-hmm. everything is all unwell under the sun. Uh, and Grandma gives Simon ice cream and says, "You know, it's a sign of a real man to sacrifice the things that he loves for the people that he loves." And Simon's like, "Yeah, Grandma, you're cool." And then Grandma goes to bed, or no, she doesn't go to bed. She goes downstairs into the living room. Oh, are we at the grandparents dancing part? We're at oh, the grandparents God. dancing part. So uh... after the whole family kind of goes to bed, all the stories are done. All the circles have closed out. All that's left are two elderly lovers embracing each other, dancing in a notebook kind of way, and it makes you go, are they ramping up to something? Uh... (laughs) So sad. Literally, the most, like, amazing, pure... I don't know, man. I just have a soft spot for old people who still love each other. Who doesn't? But, like, they're dancing to an old song, presumably from the 1910s, and they're just dancing... Rocking yeah, like Grandpa's wearing like a real fedora and has a mustache, and he's old school cool. It's just and clearly in love with Grandma, and they they share this moment where they're like, "I'm the luckiest person in the world." No, I'm the luckiest person in the world, and and I love you. I've always loved you, and blah 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 blah. Perfect life, and then cut to the next morning. Annie wakes up, she's met with her with her mother, the grandma. Yeah. Who tells Annie that she loves her and then and then fades, fades away, 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 away like a ghost. Fades away. Fades away. Okay, 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 okay. There's things that you do in storytelling. It's called <laughs> setup and payoff. Yeah. I'm familiar, Colin. We we have You don't have to patronize me, Colin. <laughs> we have no idea what we're looking like it's such a weird moment when grandma just fades Fades away all of a sudden like science fiction magical realism (laughs) magical auras creeping up to your bed (laughs) 
Annie grows rockets out of the bottom of her feet and flies off into orbit. She see she 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 has an out of body experience, I think, because let's just cut the crap. She sees her dead mother looking at her being like it's all going to be okay. I love you, Annie. But I have to go now. Fades away. And then she wakes up exactly where she was in her dream, in her bed. But Grandma mm -hmm. isn't there. She walks to the bedroom. Grandpa has some bad news. She dead. <laughs> oh, Grandma's be dying. Oh, it's so sad. I hate it. I hate this so much. Like, I know it's fictional and... Like, I don't have the same kind of, like, real-life context that you have, so I can't imagine what it must have been like for you, but this made me so... Because the grandma's character is built up in this episode with such a backdrop. The backdrop of her character is pure contrast with Eric, because Eric messes everything up, and then grandma comes in and saves the family, basically. She swoops in, Life. fixes everything, and yeah. then dies. It's like, oh, you have a new favorite character now. Guess what? You don't. It's it's almost like an anime in that way. You follow a character along and you're like, I like that character. Holy shit, he just blew up. And it's just I hope you like the the remaining 99.7% of this series because it will <laughs> not have your favorite character in it. It's like Superman died or something. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like Superman died in the first issue of the Superman comic. And then you're just following, like, I don't know, super boy who's, you know, beats dogs. <laughs> I, uh, I mean to animals in a very obvious way. I have no meaningful relationships with anybody. And I kind of casually toy around with the idea of cheating with my wife on shoe stretch with shoe stretching nurses. Shoe stretching nurses. By the way, Eric, we haven't forgotten yeah we have not forgotten the shoe stretching nurse you fucking hypocrite <sighs> we know you got a boner eric we know oh we know oh uh, we know reverend so the episode's done right yeah yeah the episode ends with them finding out that grandma died um and kind of all the plot lines get wrapped up in that because grandma reconciles a bunch of the characters matt's like you know, Matt's fine. Eric is is uh, tamed for now. Annie's messed up and sad, and I'm sure that's going to be a thing. And Mary and Lucy have made up with one another because of the love that their grandma brought into their lives. Yeah. Oh, my God. So but they have just enough to keep them going until the next episode, I'm sure. The episode's over, Cullen. Do you think we spent too much time shitting on eric camden this episode no i agree no not at all not at all i hope he gets struck by lightning i seriously hope that that man just just wakes up with like a rash on his chest and he doesn't know where it came from so he tries to put like ointment on it but it just makes it worse and then eventually, over the years, he notices that he has leprosy and his <laughs> arms fall off. 
and he just dies in a pit. His family leaves him. They recognize him for the monster that he is. Oh, what an... Oh, man. All right, anyway. Final thoughts. Fuck Eric Camden. Annie Camden is the shit. Uh, Simon's all right. Mary is cool. Matt has some issues to work out. Ruthie is a guy. And uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> <sighs> man, what a roller coaster. They... I think what was happening in this episode was the writers were really trying to go out of their way to make the death of the grandma very emotionally resonant. And they did that by putting it against a backdrop of chaos and disorder and her as kind of the, the only thing that was holding this family together. Yeah. And so just, I it kind of worked. It made it very poignant. It was really sad, but I kind of feel like they went overboard in painting a dark, dark picture of this family. I agree. Eric's interference in his children's lives caused them to blackmail each other, caused them to get involved with like the police and almost arrested. Um, Simon and Ruthie are, are all right, but they don't, they get, you know, 30 seconds of screen time. Exactly. Which isn't very much. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes certain characters are going to take a box seat. Although I don't think we can comfort ourselves too much because I know that Eric is never going to take a back seat. Yeah. He's not going to take a back seat in anyone's business. He he wants to be the main character in everyone's plot line. Well, Colin, here's hoping he's not. What how many heavens out of seven heavens do you give the seven? I give this heaven uh, Actually, this is a you know what, considering the three episodes that we've watched thus far, this has been my favorite. I'm going to go ahead and give this six out of seven heavens. Really? That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I felt like I didn't enjoy this episode as much as the first one. Yeah. I wasn't as bored as I was by the second one. Um, but I think I'm going to rate this one... Hmm. I'm going to rate this one three out of seven heavens. Wow. What a contrast. Because I don't know. It made me feel things, but I don't think it was good. (laughs) I definitely felt things. Uh, They weren't good. I can't tell if the feelings I'm feeling are directed more at the writers or if... The frustration I'm feeling at Eric Camden is intentional, but I think whether or not my frustration is an intentional effect of the writing of this character, I do not like that I'm feeling them. And, you know, if I'm going to watch a TV show, I want to, like, want to spend some time with these people. I want to hang out with the characters. Yeah, totally. And I want to hang wanna out with these characters. I, I just don't want to hang out with Eric. I just... I, I, uh, I I don't want to hang out with Eric. You know what? If Greg Kinnear was playing this part, I wouldn't be as annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just how, like, 
awful. The actor, like his face, is the worst. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I think we can content ourselves with the knowledge that this is a man who will be spending eternity burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Can a brother get a little peace? It's war on the streets and a war in the Middle East. Instead of war on poverty, they got a war on drugs so the police can bother me. And I never did a crime I ain't have to do. But now I'm back with the cops giving it back.